Elise abandoned us again. Yeah. Are they like traveling or is she just... She's in Arkansas. Arkansas. Uh-huh. All right. I don't feel bad about that. I feel like we got the better end of that deal. (laughs) No, they're thinking it's not my Kansas or your Kansas. It's our Kansas. It's our Kansas. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was terrible. (laughs) We're not going to get better. I'm not saying we're going to get better, but let's just admit that it was terrible. Yeah. All right, welcome back to the Beyond Sunday podcast. We're exploring how to take our faith beyond Sunday morning. This is Patrick Nazaroff with me as always, Pastor David Bowser. How are we doing, Patrick? And no Elise McCarter in Arkansas, as previously discussed. Yeah. Unsure as to why. Uh, vacation. In the Ozarks. In the Ozarks. Is she like living out the TV series, the Ozarks? Is she actually there on a drug deal? Probably not. Okay. Isn't he like a money launderer? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I've, I've never watched it. I yeah, just, he's, I a mon- it exists. he's a money launderer for a drug cartel. And he goes to the Ozarks to get out of Chicago. Uh, she told me that she was going to Arkansas. She mentioned something that the place they're at, it's like the Wizard of Oz. It's like the name of the place? Or like this is where they filmed the no, Wizard no, of Oz? No, no, it's the name of the place. Okay. And I was like, that it was filmed in a regular Kansas, yeah, sorry. Not, <laughs> yeah. not our Kansas. <laughs> in the wrong place, yeah. But then it's Wizard of Ozarks. That's what it's. Wizard the of the Ozarks. Okay. It's Ozarks, yeah. All right. So do they have like a whole Emerald City and thing going? Or is it like a Ruby City? Since Sincerely it's- doubt it. Nice. <laughs> do they have cities? <laughs> do they have cities? <laughs> I'm sure Little Rock is fine. Yeah. I'm sure it's a great town. I'm sure it is. <laughs> I've been to Arkansas once. That's fine. Uh, I think I've driven through Arkansas. Hmm. Actually, no. I was in Arkansas as a kid. I do not remember it. Uh, well, speaking of weird states, <laughs> let's go to the weirdest. Alabama. No, no. <laughs> Wait, do you want me to keep guessing and insult all of the states? You bet. You bet. You got, I'll give you two more. Um, all right. Weirdest of the states. Uh, is it in the contiguous for Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Okay. Um, Mississippi. No. Uh, am I in the right quadrant? Yeah, you are. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Georgia. No, it's Florida. Oh, yeah. I should have gone for it. Okay. That's, <laughs> I'm sorry, Georgia. I'm yeah. not I'm not as sorry to Alabama and Mississippi. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Georgia. Sure. <laughs> I think Georgia's pretty solid, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, Florida. That's the that's the weird, crazy one sure, out there. Sure, yeah, doing its doing its thing. Um, so here's an event. You know, we had the Bigfoot challenge in Oklahoma. Yeah, uh, that we did not go to, but we should have. There's still time. It happens every year. Does it? <laughs> Maybe it, does. Big, right. it was the annual Bigfoot festival. Annual things happen every year. <laughs> well, it could be canceled. <laughs> Who knows how long it's? Uh, well, this is this is just months away. Okay, in August, August fourth okay. and fifth. That's when I want to go. Ar- to Florida. August fourth through the 13th there we go okay um and that is the florida python challenge is this i'm i'm actually not even gonna guess because i'm afraid of what the truth is gonna be all right what is it what's the florida python challenge uh calling all python hunters excellent this is exactly what i was hoping for yep florida is now accepting applications Mm -hmm. for its annual python challenge and prize money is up for grabs okay so the Burmese python yeah. is an invasive species in the Everglades. It's like a big deal. There's a lot of them and they kill things. Yeah. And nothing kills them. Yeah. So uh, so now they're calling in python hunters to come into the Everglades uh-huh. and catch as many as you can. Got to catch them all. <laughs> Pokemon. <laughs> I don't think you do it with your phone. <laughs> like Pokemon Go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the person who captures the most pythons, though, it does win $10,000. Okay. It's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to catch zero, but it's pretty good. I don't, in a week's time, you think we could catch even one python? Do you think between the two of us we could catch even one? Uh, I would not get in the swamp. <laughs> okay, well, that's strike <laughs> Would you get one. in the swamp? I mean, I'd be in the boat. Yeah, I'd be in a canoe. 
<laughs> maybe do i have to be in the in the swamp to i don't think it comes up to you <laughs> like you don't bait it like with some food you might you don't know and then the python is in the canoe with you <laughs> so you need a bigger boat you need one of those t- those fan boats yes okay fan boat fan boat for sure fan yeah boat. got it we get some extra space in there do you catch them live or do you kill the python live wow i assume what do they do with them I don't know. What do they do with a whole bunch of live pythons? They take them back to to Burma. <laughs> I, first off, pretty sure it's not called Burma anymore. <laughs> They're the Burmese pythons. Yeah, but I don't think the country is called Burma. I think I, there's been some military dictatorships and stuff that have changed. The tell name. the python, all right, <laughs> change his name. Like, come on, <laughs> you got to figure that out, Python. All right, right? That's, yeah. that's not on me. That's, that's on a, you. <laughs> a python identity crisis. Yeah, I uh, have no home. <laughs> Um, so last year, uh-huh. 231 pythons were removed. Okay. By how many people? Nearly 1,000 people from 32 states. And only 231? Canada and Latvia. That's a lot of people who did not catch a single python. Especially because Matthew Concepcion, who won, uh, caught 28 pythons. Wow. Okay. Okay, I'm definitely not catching. Yeah, we're definitely <laughs> we're definitely not catching one. <laughs> like, <laughs> if, if, if like the winner caught two, I'm like. Okay, Maybe you get lucky yeah. and get three. <laughs> like, I'm probably going to catch zero, but, you know, Maybe. three is a possibility. It's a chance. 30. <laughs> Not going to happen. <laughs> like, you got to catch at least 30 to feel pretty good about your chances. Never going to happen. Yeah. What was second place? Or did it, is it I, I did not have the information. Blow it away. I did not have that information okay. for me. Yeah. Uh, but there are 30000 in total prize money up for grabs. So he gets the first place of 10000 Maybe biggest Python gets a prize. Second place, probably. Sure. You know, yeah. How you have to pay to enter this? Did I tell you this? Twenty five dollars. That's not bad. They'd have to pay me to go in there to find a python. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to win, so I don't think we're the target market. But as far as like entry for a, a contest like this, that's yeah. a pretty cheap entry fee. I agree. I guess you got to you know provide your own lodging, sure, or you just go live out in the probably the wetlands. Know, it's probably like you know hunt during the nighttime. That's my guess. I'm sure pythons right? seem nocturnal. Why in my extensive knowledge sure. of pythons of the Burmese variety. Now, I believe pythons are not like they're not a pit viper. Like they're not going to bite you. Well, they w- they will bite, but they're not venomous. But they're a strangle one. Correct. They're one of those types of snakes. Yeah, they're going to get a hold of you, and then you're not going to be able wrap to you up. And yeah, it's probably going to be worse than the venom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've seen the movie Anaconda, so I right. assume that was it's not kind great. of like that. Yeah. It's not not a great movie. But no, I, meant, <laughs> I wasn't commenting on the movie. I was saying it's not great to be eaten by a python. Yeah. 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 I don't think you want to go that way. But I bet they're not as big as the anacondas. I don't know. I mean, that anaconda python? in the movie anaconda was like well, 40 feet long. I don't know that that's realistic. I think that's, All I know is I see a 40 foot python. I'm, he, he's yeah, good. Yeah. I'm, this is his territory now. That's right. <laughs> I'm the invasive species right. at this point. Abandon Miami. Give it up to the 40-foot python. It's not worth it. Yeah. Let it go. Yeah. Everybody move out. Yeah. Florida just, oh, uh, snakes and are in charge. That's right. He's yeah. now your python king. Yes. Congratulations. <laughs> move over, Ron DeSantis. <laughs> There's a new governor. There's a new governor in town. Yeah. Sorry. Pythons. It's pythons and Disney are really, you know, python v mouse. Yeah. Oh, goodness. That would be quite a battle. Yeah, I think the mouse is... Uh, a 40-foot python versus Mickey Mouse? Yeah. I'd, I'd watch that on Fox. That seems like a late-night Fox special. <laughs> sure, yeah. Like a celebrity <laughs> boxing round. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet. So, there you go. So, we you know, we could we could do that. You know, we could go to Florida now in August. We could. Take take the podcast on the road. August is not when I want to go to Florida. I'm just going to be honest here. I That is true. 
I don't know. Maybe you, you want to get out there when it's hot out for the python. I mean, they're cold-blooded. Yeah, so then they're going to be in the water where it's cool. So that's why you want to... But then you want to get out there because they're active. Oh, maybe. They're moving, right? Like in the winter, they're going to be like just chilling oh, somewhere. Sure. Yeah. You know, and you're going to go find them. Hibernating yeah. jerks. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have any details here. What's, what's, what's the gear of the python hunter? Just do barehanded it? I'm thinking everybody has their own choice weapon. Okay. And I'm guessing that uh, Mr. Concepcion has like some super trademark secret uh, a secret weapon that he uses that he doesn't let anybody know about, like doesn't even tell his spouse or children okay. until like on his deathbed. He's like, this is the hook I used to capture sure, the... Sure. And then they're like, carry on the family secret. Yeah. Speaking of Arkansas, this is a pivot here from our new story. <laughs> We're speaking about Florida. <laughs> no, I'm moving back to Arkansas. Uh, I did see that there is an invasive species in their lakes, this this fish. Ooh, that's not good. That does kind of respond to like a propeller noise and they'll jump out of the water and so they do have a contest every year where they get like skiers out there uh-huh. and you can hunt and kill these fish but you can't use guns or dynamite <laughs> so it's like dudes on skis with like bats with nails in it and swords <laughs> like having these fish jump out and trying to like so cut like, them up you're water skiing behind a boat yes and as the boat's propeller scares these fish they jump out of the water and you come along in the skis <laughs> with your katana <laughs> 20 feet behind yeah. our one guy is wearing like a suit of armor with like nails sticking out of it hopefully the fish just lands on him <laughs> yeah that sounds like something that would happen in, actually it sounds like something that would happen in florida let's be honest <laughs> arkansas is, it's all that that's right it's all weirdly happening in arkansas but it sounds like a florida event. i did watch a video of it it was actually less impressive because it's mostly like dudes awkwardly skiing trying to like slice it and it's like sure. they're unsuccessfully right like it's not like the hard movies. to believe that this is not working <laughs> like where they're just slicing these things in half like right. constantly right out of the middle <laughs> <laughs> you need to get one of those uh hibachi guys out there on some water skis I you bet do. They can do it. yeah you do yeah Water skiing is already pretty tough, so you know you gotta so yeah add a, add a sword into the mix. <laughs> Doesn't seem like the best option. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, so maybe that's what we should do for the pythons: go through skiing behind a fan boat, and then as they jump out of the water, come at you. Yeah, because yeah. I assume they are going to come at me. You know, that's I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's a they're more afraid of you than you are of them situation. Uh, unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> Given, given how afraid Patrick is of the python. If I'm in the Florida wetland swamp uh-huh. and there's snakes all around me, yeah, I'm pretty afraid. <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't like an Indiana Jones scenario. It's not like they're just like the entire Everglades floor is crawling with snakes. Just... Yeah, when there's not a snake, it's an alligator. Oh, okay. Could be a manatee. That is the best option by far. I like manatees. I me like too. They seem fun. Yeah. All right, let's jump into our main topic here. From our friends at Patheos, Ooh. which we've used before, yeah. but you know, not not besties for sure. Yeah. Not, not our friends like relevant. No, sure. I think we went to college with Patheos, but we just have kind of lost touch. We haven't been, we haven't seen each other for a while. Yeah, for sure. We took some classes, probably yeah, played some intramural sports together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally friendly. Not looking to like send each other a Christmas card. No. Yeah. yeah once once the semester was over, the relationship was over. Yeah. You know, like that was it. Yep. Yeah. You know, maybe throw a like on a Facebook post. Sure. Oh, that seems appropriate. Saw they got married. Throw them a like. Yeah. Having that, kids. Didn't get invited to the wedding. Congratulations, Pathios. Didn't do the bris. It's fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, sure. I assume Pathios is my Jewish friend. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think they are. I definitely don't think they are either. But <laughs> they, they, they seem, you know, they're going to be doing some weird stuff. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right. Does the church need more heart knowledge or more head knowledge? Ooh, okay. This was the question. Yeah. I think this is a good, um, you know, maybe bookend to last week's topic too. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. As a reminder for our listeners who haven't listened, we talked about, uh, can you have Christianity without love last week? The answer is no. <laughs> yeah, that was our answer. <laughs> if you said yes, I think you'll disagree. But, <laughs> but yeah, if you didn't listen to that one, you might want to go and check that one out and you can come back and uh, pick for this sure. one up. We'll yeah. wait. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> well, that was about 43 minutes. So we're just going to sit here in silence for 43 minutes. Then we'll come back. It'll be the best podcast podcasting of our career. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. People will be like five stars. They're talking, about, right. they're talking about snakes and then we're silent. <laughs> best episode. <laughs> uh, all right. Opening. I heard people say we don't need more head knowledge in the church today. We need more heart knowledge. Yeah, that sounds like something people would say. Sure. Yeah. People, people be socking. Yeah. But the problem is not that we know too much. This I have is, ample evidence to suggest that we do not know too much. <laughs> that is, I think uh, Randy Alcorn, not Acorn, Alcorn. Okay. Let's say. We're going to go with Acorn. That's fine. Mr. Acorn. Mr. Acorn. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely say maybe, I don't know, Is it's hard for me to you know quantify in terms of like the history of the church. Sure. But- especially in terms of like maybe the American church, Mm -hmm. I think we've entered a new state of biblical illiteracy. Mm, Okay. Of like, I don't think people know much about anything when it comes to the Bible or like church doctrine. Yeah. You know, I think we're kind of, your average American Christian has maybe a handful of Bible stories they know, Mm -hmm. you know, piecemealed together with some like Christian ease platitudes that are probably not even true they sound jesus-y that sound jesus-y yeah. Yeah. woven together and that kind of makes their faith yeah through the fabric of patriotism through the, yeah through the definitely the fabric of patriotism yeah, yeah. so uh, this might be an interesting just kind of brief history right to think about yeah. uh, kind of what academics in, or how, how academics have played a role in the church right so um particularly from the perspective of the lutheran church uh, i think this is an interesting exercise so pre-martin luther uh, we were also like pre-printing press. And yes. so the only place that you had a, a Bible was in a church. Um, Bibles were extremely expensive and they were often like even chained into the pulpit so that people mm-hmm. couldn't steal them because they were so expensive. And they were all in Latin. Yeah, and so, so even if you got there and a chance to read the Bible, you couldn't read yeah, it. Yeah, you couldn't yeah. read it. And even if you came to church on Sunday and like heard the Bible stories told, they were spoken to you in Latin. <laughs> so sure. you probably had no idea what was happening. So Luther says, all right, people need to be able to read the Bible in their own language. We translate into German. Then we start translating into all sorts of other languages so people can read mm-hmm. it themselves. In the United States, then, we kind of get this professionalization of the clergy, right? Yeah. So this kind of happens through uh, especially the uh, 1800s and 1900s, where we develop seminaries and have formal education, and pastors start getting master's degrees, and they start being trained in how to read ancient languages, and they're expected to like come in and bring the academic perspective to their churches, right? This is kind of what uh, the clergy role was in many ways. Um, and it's still kind of the model that the Lutheran church follows. Now mm-hmm. that's shifting because what we're seeing is that maybe the emphasis on like knowing ancient Greek is not as important as the emphasis on getting people to live out their faith. And so there is a, a, a tension back and forth between these two, but I think you're right. I think we're in a place now where broadly in the, in Christianity in America, um, not even from a clergy perspective, mm-hmm. but just from the people who are showing up week after week, we have a much higher sense of biblical or biblical illiteracy um, than we would have 50 to 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably in some ways, it's similar to what Martin Luther was going up against, except that at the time, 
they had never even read the stories themselves, right? And in Luther's day, they had just heard these stories from someone else. And so they didn't even know that there was other stuff available to them. And here we like have this wealth of information available to us and we just reject it and choose to believe, well, I know this. And so I don't have to think anything else. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm a, I was a Sunday school kid. So I, I mm-hmm. you know, came into faith with a, a baseline of knowledge sure. of like, these are the stories in the Bible. Creation, Noah's yeah. Ark, yeah, for Red sure. Sea, Jonah, Jonah all, sure. all the Old Testament Daniel stories the lines down. Yeah, that are Sunday school-y. So, yeah. you know, so he definitely brought those into it, you know, hit the high notes of, you know, Jesus and the Acts stories. Classic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think definitely we're seeing not only in church some biblical illiteracy, mm-hmm. but the surrounding culture yes. now has almost none. Right, yeah. like it used to be, at least everybody everybody spoke the same language when mm-hmm. it came to like the mm-hmm. Bible, and now, aside from like maybe the parts that have transcended church into like the cultural atmosphere, I think people, your your average American who did not go to church has almost no knowledge of what yeah. is in the scripture. Yeah, so they might know like David and Goliath is a story about overcoming you know, an obstacle because of mm-hmm. the analogies given to them in sports or or business because mm-hmm. it's useful to kind of explain things. Yeah. Or they might know the phrase, doubting Thomas, mm-hmm. but what does that mean or how does yeah. that connect to anything? No idea. Is irrelevant. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Or even Good Samaritan, right? We have For sure. Idea. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Those, those things all... They've taken a cultural meaning outside of the context of yeah. faith. Yeah. For sure. So when we talk about this idea of like, does the church need more heart knowledge or head knowledge? You know, I think in places it's easy to jump straight to like, obviously heart knowledge. Sometimes the church feels cold. It feels um, unloving or uncaring about Mm -hmm. its surrounding communities or its neighbors or certainly those in marginalized communities. Like this is the impression that the greater American church has. But maybe it needs, maybe it just doesn't have that great a head knowledge either. Mm -hmm. Maybe we're not that you know these academics who just don't get how to live out our faith with love maybe we just don't get our faith at all yeah you know and that's part of the problem yeah i think i think that's a great point you know i remember having this conversation with a colleague once where they had uh been challenging uh, a member of the congregation to think differently about something in the bible right and so the the congregation congregation member had quoted x verse whatever it was mm-hmm. and the uh, pastor said well you know elsewhere like i don't know quoting jesus or something like that he said like it also says this and the congregation's response the congregation members response was like well i don't know about that as if like quoting the other part of the bible was not like in a, like, and so we just have this For sure unawareness that the bible at points even contradicts itself yeah um that the bible uh you know exists in this other area like that faith exists in this other realm of ourselves and so uh, yeah i think there's really an importance to having a head knowledge and having an awareness that we are gifted as human beings to have a brain that allows mm-hmm. us to think and to yeah. uh, look at things and think from different perspectives and use different perspectives, right? That's that's all part of our God-given created giftedness that we have. For sure. Um, and too often, I think we treat it like part of the enemy. Like having knowledge is the enemy and all you need is blind faith. And yeah. if you have anything else, then that's bad. For sure. And I think too, we can acknowledge that I think most American Christians, and I include myself in this, often come to scripture with preconceived notions sure. of who is God and how should the Christian, you know, church live out its calling. And then we go to the scripture 
to find support for our preconceived notions mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. this is what it's supposed to look like and kind of ignore or dismiss or search for you know uh, excuses on the parts that disagree with yeah. our preconceived notions. Absolutely. And the, you know, like, like you mentioned, the Bible is incredibly complex, told throughout thousands of years. Mm-hmm. So it's going to not only contradict itself, it's going to present views of the world that are sometimes against one another. Like sometimes it's hard to reconcile. Yeah. And so it's it would be easy whether you are a conservative American Christian to find biblical support for your point of view. And if you're a liberal American Christian, it's you can find biblical support for your point of view. And so like which one is right when they like are drawing from the Bible? Mm-hmm. Well, I think when we're coming with the idea of like, let me already have my thoughts and let me just find a verse that supports what I think. Yeah. You're wrong. Like yeah. then I think you're wrong. Even if like your thinking is right, mm-hmm. using the Bible that way is wrong. It's not how the Bible was intended to be used. Correct. Yeah. 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 You're using the Bible incorrectly. Yeah. So um so in America though, mm-hmm. we speak of, you know, the heart is your emotional center. Sure. And your head, which is completely inaccurate, just biologically. Let's just all be aware: our heart has absolutely nothing to do with how we perceive emotion. For sure, it pumps blood. Yes, that's what it does. If anything, your gut is the emotional center. Yes, there it is. In my my opinion, the large intestine. Well, I think that's where you feel. Like for me, that's why you could feel emotion. Is yeah, in I'm your I'm, stomach. Yeah, I'm a, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and your and our heads are our rational thinking. Sure. So emotional center, rational thinking, and oftentimes these two things are pitted against one another. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if somebody's cold and calculating, they're heartless. You mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. that they're not using that heart knowledge. If somebody is. Um, emotionally driven and charged well you know they've got their head in the clouds Mm -hmm. or you know like they're they're not using their rational thinking enough yeah um but in hebrew you know these two things are not separate here according to this like uh i love it we're busting in ancient languages yeah your mind and thoughts are really just the center of your inner life and there's not one component for emotion and sure. one component for rational thinking, they're all together. Yeah. And like they have to be connected to one another. Yeah. Like they're not, they cannot be two separate entities, which I think is true. <laughs> I, I think it's true too, but yeah. it also comes from, I mean, we've come to our modern understanding because of quote unquote science, right? This is one of the dangers of head knowledge that like, sure. oh, we have this knowledge. And so we know that the head is in one place and the brain does one thing and the heart is in another place and it does another thing. Mm-hmm. But in the ancient world, they didn't have that. Sure. knowledge right so they were they were just aware that they felt things and so yeah. that they knew that there was a, a connection to them because it was all happening inside them and they couldn't like tell you oh the brain is firing neurons and doing this and the the heart is pumping blood and doing that right they just knew like these things are happening inside of me and so they must be connected because they're all happening inside of me it, it, i think it's a much more holistic and i think more accurate in some ways understanding of how our emotions and our thought play together um, but it's actually interestingly, right? It's informed by a lack of what we would consider to be head knowledge. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So um, here's a quote here that he's going to quote here from right. Jen Wilkin. I don't know who that is, but okay. he says, uh, "The heart cannot love what the mind does not know." The heart wants what the heart wants. Yeah. No. Wait. Sorry. What was it? The heart. The heart cannot love what the mind does not know. Okay. What do you All think right. about that? I think I can get behind it. I mean, my my sense here would be like, um, you know, when I hear an appeal to like help starving kids in 
a country in Africa sure. that I've never been to or that yeah, I absolutely. don't have any emotional connection to, right? I don't really know them. Yeah. I don't, I, you know, and you know, I know that I'm supposed to love my neighbor. I'm not, and so I might give, I might be, take care, but like, I don't have that connection. Sure. Versus like, you know, when I have been to Haiti and I've met people and shaken their hand and heard their stories and been with, like, I know them, right? Yeah, and I, I want to love them. Because, yeah. So I think I can get behind this. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you, you know, like, and, and just like, um, you can't like, you know, love something or someone you've never met, you know, like sure. it's an impossibility. You might yeah. have an infatuation or, mm. you know, but, but it, that's just not the way it works. Um, so I think you do have to have that connection. And, um, I, like you mentioned, like people in Africa, humans are really only capable of having like so many connections at one time. Sure. So like it's easy, you know, even when we think about Africa to condense all of it into like one thing. Yeah. Even yeah. though it's vastly, yeah, this you know, huge continent with multiple countries and hundreds of languages and yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah. From cities to rural mm-hmm. to, you know, uh, you know, tribal yep. tribes, Mountains, it's, plains, it's, deserts, ocean front, yeah. but it's all condensed into one. Cause I just cannot, comprehend it all together i just yeah. i cannot get there yeah um because i only have so much room in my brain for emotional connection and it's just it all has to be condensed yeah like it's just the right way it is mm-hmm. um so i do i do think that this matters the heart cannot love what the mind does not know but i do think and it comes to so does that sorry so does that mean we can't love scripture if we don't know scripture i think so okay yeah is that the connection you were going for sorry did i jump ahead no, no i think i okay. think that's a good connection and i think it also means we can't love God, if you don't know God, like Ooh. you can't love, or you can't love Jesus if you don't know Jesus, yeah. right? Amen. Like these things matter to this kind of love. So um, when it comes to like what matters more, heart knowledge or head knowledge? Well, head knowledge has to be there. Like it yeah. has to be, and it has to be important. So let me, before we get into this heart knowledge here, how do you? <laughs> I know this is like a basic Sunday school, all right? Question and answer. How Jesus. do I increase my head knowledge? Jesus. Okay, Jesus. <laughs> how do you? I mean. And when you're talking about faith, how do we increase our head knowledge? We think about things like Bible study, um, particularly Bible study within the context of community. Um, I mean, devotional reading is great, but if you come to the Bible and you're only ever reading it by yourself, you're not actually going to increase your knowledge, right? You might increase your knowledge of like the words on the page, but you're not getting any broader context. And so um, I think listening to podcasts such as this fine podcast. um, Good good choice. You made a great choice by listening to us today. This is definitely increasing your head knowledge. And there there are absolutely others. Like if you, if you're really interested in like biblical stuff, there are great podcasts out there that talk Mm. about that. We've referenced Bible project many times. They have great stuff. What's great about podcasts too is there's a lot of them and they're free. Yeah. There is (laughs) that. That's fabulous. There. Um, Yeah. I mean, the, if you really want to go, you know, go all in, right? There's certainly uh, classes and stuff that you can take sure, online, yeah. whatever that might look like. Um, but I don't, you know, uh, the Bible Project actually says this, right? Um, everybody does not need to be a Bible nerd, right? Every person does not need to be a Bible nerd. Correct. But communities of faith, congregations should have people in their community who are Bible nerds. Mm-hmm. And you should turn to those people and you should value and appreciate their learning. And, how, and sometimes that's your pastor. Sometimes it's... Uh, multiple people in your congregation who just really value this stuff and they have a passion for digging into it and mm-hmm. we can just learn by listening to them and to their wisdom. And yeah. hopefully they learn from us in other areas as well. Yeah, I remember when I was um, running summer camp, I would tell kind of my leadership staff, I would remind them going into summer, I was like, hey, leaders are readers. Like you need to come in with some sure. like with some knowledge. If you want to lead people, you have to know things you know that you're going to lead them in. And I can attest for myself the periods and places where i'm reading more i feel better equipped to lead 
students and people here at Lord of Life. Yeah. And the, the seasons where I'm not really reading anything and I'm kind of just like floating on my laurels, usually those are the hardest seasons of ministry because mm-hmm. I'm not bringing any new thoughts or any new ideas into whatever I'm doing. It's kind of just resting. So Yeah, and just to be clear, you don't just mean reading the Bible, right? I mean, you're yeah. reading... Uh, these are sometimes maybe what we'd call commentaries, books that are talking about the Bible. Sure. Sometimes they're just talk, books talking about faith in general. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, but like books about that stuff, right? For Learn, sure. Learning yeah. from the wisdom of other of other authors and thinkers, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and again, like you have a... What's amazing about the modern world is like the greatest minds, you know, you have at your fingertips that can teach you and guide you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were in the ancient world, like who could teach you this stuff? Well, the only person you could go to is whoever was pastor of that local church, right? Like yeah. that was it. Now you can learn from C.S. Lewis. Like, what does he think about stuff? Yeah. And you crack it open and read it all, yep. you know, or, you know, any other great theological thinker out mm-hmm. there is right available to you. All right. So that's ways you can head knowledge. Mm-hmm. But um, again, this connection between head and heart knowledge and why that's valuable is, like, I think sometimes Christians can get so attached to their head knowledge yes. that they forget this heart knowledge or they forget that knowing about God is not the same as knowing God. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, like, we end up, like, we're like the the dudes at the baseball game. Have you ever been to a baseball game and you've seen guys, like, keeping stats? Sure. They're nerds. <laughs> I'm calling it out right now. If you're that, you're a nerd. But like we end up like, I know every statistic mm-hmm. about this. And that's different than like stepping onto the field. Sure. Right. Those are two different knowledges. Yeah. yeah. So it's like if somebody was like, Hey, tell me about your wife, and you're like, She's five foot five, you know, curly brown hair. Sure. She's got hazel eyes. Yeah. You're like, that's really not anything. That helps me if she was abducted. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah. Like that's, that's just knowledge about a person. Yeah. Not knowledge of a person, right? Like it's not capture their essence, why you care about them, these beautiful things. So sometimes we think that Bible knowledge is like, one day I'm going to get to heaven and there's going to be a quiz. Yeah. And I got to be ready to answer those quiz questions. Yeah. And I'm uh, like, it's going to be, you know, uh, like Bible Jeopardy and I'm ready. Yep. And that's not Bible knowledge. And it's certainly not knowledge about God. Yeah. That's not, that's not going to drive us into a greater love of, you know, self and world. It will prepare us for Jeopardy. Probably. Yeah. Or at least like one category of Jeopardy every couple episodes. <laughs> yeah. For their Bible categories. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You got to master the buzzer. That's the key. Uh, that's yeah. That's what. That's how Saint Peter gets you too. You get up there, and yeah, <laughs> most people go to hell because they haven't mastered the buzzer. <laughs> yeah, they buzz in too quick. That's right. You got to let. It's yeah. after he stops or she stops talking, then you can buzz in. Is that the rule? You can't that buzz in early. I didn't you know can't you buzz could, in early. I did yeah, not know yeah. you couldn't buzz in early. Yeah. So fascinating. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, what do you think about this idea? Like, we can confuse knowledge for knowing a person. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I think we do this with uh, God all the time, right? It's mm-hmm. the, it's this idea of like, well, I go to church, so I, I'm, I must be in a relationship with God. For sure. Without realizing the ways in which God calls us into a relationship all week long, right? That uh, I've heard it described sometimes as like sitting in a church doesn't make you any more of a Christian than standing in a garage makes you a car. For sure. Yeah. Right? Like just being in the place doesn't define the thing. And just, you know, to your point, just knowing 
knowing the creed, knowing the Ten Commandments, knowing the uh, the stories of the Bible, um, even knowing the liturgy, right? Um, that doesn't make us faithful followers of Jesus. Yep. And to be clear, God loves us in spite of our mess ups, right? So we're not sa- we're not sitting here saying you have to get right and you have to start following God or God's not going to love you. No, God already loves you, yeah. right? God, God already desires a relationship with you. All of that stuff is already taken care of. We have the opportunity to live out of that, uh, live out of that love that is already ours mm-hmm. when we get to know that relationship, right? For sure. Um, it's not a, it's not a, if then it's a now because. Yeah. Is that? Yeah, yeah I got you. <laughs> I yeah. Guess. yeah. Yeah. I think, and he'll even mentioned this in his article here that, um, you know, the, the, the problem with the Pharisees that Jesus was always kind of confronting and Ooh. going up against mm-hmm. was not their lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. They knew their stuff. And yeah. in fact, it's, it's undeniable, you know, obviously against Jesus, they're going to come in all, you know, second place in, sure. the, in the Bible trivia, you know, <laughs> Jeopardy. Son of God, you know, that's a you tough, know, tough to beat. Yeah. Tough to beat. But against Jesus' disciples, they would trounce them. Oh, and yeah. They would kill them in their Bible and, and, and doctrine knowledge. Absolutely. They, so the problem is not that they did not know enough. But they did not know how to live out what they were, you know, intellectualizing. Like, yeah. like the problem wasn't their knowledge; it was they didn't know how to use it. Right? Yeah. Like they didn't know what the, this. It, it never penetrated into their heart. Yeah. You know, like in it, some ways, I'd say they made it about knowing. Yes. Rather than about what they knew. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. That that if uh, again, if you knew more facts, you would be a better Pharisee or a better, you know. In that world, you know, ancient yeah. Jew, right? Yeah. Like, like if you knew, if you knew all the batting averages, you just know sure. baseball better than yeah. everybody else. Yeah, it's like it's a little bit like that Jurassic Park scene, right? You were so busy thinking about whether or not you could, you didn't stop to think whether you should, right? Yeah. You're so busy thinking about all the stuff that you know, you didn't stop to think about like what does it actually mean for me? Sure. Like, what am I actually supposed to do with this? You yeah. just wanted to know it. Yeah. So um, we talked about head knowledge before, mm-hmm. you know, these are some ways to increase your head knowledge. How do you, how do you increase your heart knowledge and faith? Yeah. How do you like get that head knowledge to impact sure. the way you're living out your yeah. life? Yeah. Um, you know, for me, uh, acts of service is a big uh, one. Absolutely. Right? And yeah. how, how do I connect with people and not just like serve people? Like, right? I think we all have opportunities to like serve and care for others, but how do I enter into that opportunity of service with a particular mindset of, how do I witness God and how do I witness Jesus in this place? Mm-hmm. Not, how, not how do I witness to Jesus, right? Uh, I'm not going into a, an act of service with the intent of I'm here to testify and to convince you. Sure. Yeah. I mean, sometimes that might be a thing and that's okay. But like, if I'm looking to increase my heart knowledge, I'm looking to go into a space and just say, okay, where am I going to see God in this? Where yeah. am I going to see Jesus in this? Um, that actually became, for me, uh, my own little practice as we were traveling through Israel uh, the past couple of weeks is that we're going to all these like super crowded places um, and it was at times hard for me to like feel like I was experiencing God in mm-hmm. a lot of these places, right? Um, and so my kind of little practice as we were walking into place uh, was just to to pray a simple prayer of come Holy Spirit, right? And just yeah. to like, just to ask God to show up and let me see what was going to be there. Yeah. Um, and to stop, because what my head was doing, my head was like, look at this gross big church and all the money that's spent here and all the money that they're bringing in and like the ways we're not caring for. Like that's what my head was doing. Yeah. And my head was distracting me from the opportunities to witness God in for this sure. place yeah, and just yeah. to experience that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. I think, um, you know, just um, just over a week at mm-hmm. time of recording, yeah. under a week at time of release, Oof. you and I will be in Chicago with our high school youth program. Hoorah. Uh, doing a service trip. Yeah. And, you know, what's awesome about these kinds of experiences, not only do we get like, you get like 
a year of youth group condensed into like one week, right? Like, you know, like, so just really you have a lot of time with these kids. So it's really neat. But you can see through serving in these different communities or different places, like the, our teenagers will like open themselves up more mm-hmm. to community, to um, a thirst for knowledge through worship. Like you can just see it mm-hmm. like, and, um, and you know, this comes through a lot of intentionality on our part of like, Hey, taking a break from our cell phones, mm-hmm. um, really intentionalized how we serve and what we're up to and what we're doing and our language and how we, how we worship and all these things. But in that service moments, like a hunger for what God is doing in this world, like comes out yeah. and it's really beautiful to watch. Like you can see, you know, kids get lighter and through hard work and yeah. that's really beautiful to watch. Yeah. You use the word intentionality. And I think yeah. that's really important because I, I think that it's easy for us to think about intentionality with head knowledge. You're like, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to read a book sure. or I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to go to this Bible study. I'm going to learn this thing, right? I'm, I'm going to watch this Ted talk. I'm going to know more information. Um, and we forget that it takes that same kind of intentionality when we're trying to do hard stuff. Yeah. That it's not just like, it's not just head in the clouds, emotion, like, oh, I just need to like feel something. Like, no, you have to sit down and it's a practice, right? It's yeah. called a spiritual practice because you're never going to master it, right? Sure. It's yeah. always something that we're practicing and we're um, going to have to be intentional in the ways that we do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember in one of the books I read by C.S. Lewis, he kind of uses this analogy that I think mm-hmm. is good. Like, like uh, imagine, you know, um, a husband and wife are fighting and okay. he is at the you know, I have no context for this. What, <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fighting about what, what is this? Yes. I I don't get it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and he is like at the grocery store and sees something the wife would like, mm-hmm. but he's mad at her. Yeah. So like, what should he do? And he's kind of like using this analogy, like how do we kind of reconcile this idea of like what do we do? when we don't either get it with God Mm. or we're angry with God or we're, and he responds like, you should act as if you do love your wife, even if you're not feeling it at the moment. And a surprise thing will happen is in that act, the emotion will follow. Yeah. Um, And so like this idea of like, I in increasing my heart knowledge want to serve my neighbor, even when I really don't want to. Yeah. (laughs) I really would rather not like, like it's hard. It's, I might force me into a relationship I really don't want to be in or a conversation that I'm not exactly looking forward to or anything Mm -hmm, like that. mm -hmm. But this idea of like, but if you act in service, sometimes love follows. Yeah. Uh, And saying like, well, I'll do it when I feel it. You might not ever feel it. Yeah. And so to increase hard knowledge, sometimes you have to say, today I'm going to go do something nice for somebody. Yeah. And even I don't really want to, but even I don't really feel emotionally connected to that. And maybe at the other side of it, I'll feel differently and it'll get there. Uh, so I think that's an important part of how do we increase our head knowledge or heart knowledge? I think you, you do it by doing it. So, yeah. yeah. There's a, a great branch of psychology uh, under behavioral psychology and behavioral economics uh, mm-hmm. that's coming out. And one of the things that they're talking about is like nudge practices. Sure. Where you just make like little steps that make it a little bit easier for people to make better life choices. Right. So like yep. one of the things that they did um, was uh, people who were signing up to start a new job rather than giving them the option to choose to start a 401k or not, they just made starting the 401k the default option and you had to choose not to do it, right? Yeah. And the number of people who started the 401k went up dramatically and in follow-up, you know, nobody regretted it. Like nobody was coming back saying, I wish I hadn't done that, sure. right? So people had these positive experiences. I often wonder like, what are the little nudges that we can use for ourselves and for our communities sure. 
to do acts of service, to engage in this kind of knowledge, right? What, what do we need to do to just get something out of the way to make it just a little bit easier yeah. for us to take that step, right? So that we're not waiting until we feel like it, mm-hmm. um, but that we're just, we're doing it and we realize in the, uh, in the aftermath, oh, that was a good thing and I'm glad that I did that thing. For sure. I think that was a, so what, what's any, what, what can we do? I don't know. I, that's, yeah. I, yeah. I said, I'm wondering. <laughs> yeah. I don't have the answer to that. Yeah. I, know. I, I wonder what we're the answer is. it out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think these are, you know, one is obviously, you know, churches providing opportunities, you know, yeah, like, absolutely. and I think um, we work, we work in a busy part of America, you know, people mm-hmm. have busy lives, you know, incredibly career driven. Mm-hmm. And so giving people opportunities to do something and, and sure. kind of putting that on the forefront, because in our community, sometimes it's much easier to write a check than to give an hour, yeah. you know, like uh, that, that those two, like money is cheaper than time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so how can we, you know, make it e- as easy as possible to give your time is, yeah. you know, is, is those things. So sometimes that means we have a service project here on site sure. to kind of like, Let all you have to do yeah. is walk 20 feet yeah. and there's a service project. You're in this building already. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's right next to the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I think what you do on mission trips is a great thing too, because I think for a lot of parents... Yeah. Um, sometimes there's like, you know, their, their kids need that nudge. Right. And sometimes yeah. for the parents to just say like, you're going on this trip. Yeah. Like, and, and for you to create an environment where a kid feels comfortable going on that for trip. Sure. Yeah. Right. I think it is a, is a way in which we get that nudge too. Sometimes I wish that we had like a nudge for people in stewardship. Yeah. Cause I, I think that genuinely like, cause we're talking about making this a part of your life and heart knowledge. Like stewardship is much more about heart knowledge than it is, than it is about head sure. knowledge. Yeah. If you're, if you're basing your generosity off of, how much do I know about the church's finances and how they're spending their money? Your, your head's in the wrong spot, right? Like that's sure, not yeah. the intention of, yeah. it's, it's not that it's bad. It's just, it's not the intention of mm-hmm. the stewardship practice. So it should be much more about how am I using my gifts um, to support the ministry that God is doing in this place yeah. and how is God calling me to do that? That's a much more heart-related decision than yeah. a head decision. And so sometimes I wonder like, could we just have a box that when you become a member at Lord of Life, we automatically check $5 a month? Yeah. And like, just, uh, it just starts out. Like, I don't think we can do this, but like, sure, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes I feel like that's yeah. what we need. Like, we, yeah. we just need that push to like let it start. Yeah. And then we say, like, oh, I didn't miss that $5 a month. Oh, that felt good to be able to do. All right. We get that connection yeah. that starts building. Well, there. one thing that I think has been interesting in terms of stewardship, that, that like how we've approached that Hair Lord life that I've seen over the last 10 years that we've been doing this is, is it's less about like numbers and mm-hmm. like, here's, you know, we need X amount of dollars in this budget right. or else like, you know, the AC goes off or whatever. Right. Like it's more about telling stories of ministry and like mm-hmm. this is why instead of the what's and the how's. Yeah. Like, like That's an appeal to heart for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that, one, maybe that's also generational, mm-hmm. you know, that just, you know, has more impact. Like yeah. I want to know if I give money, is it going to be useful? Mm-hmm. Like does it matter? You know, like, and or if I give my time, does it matter? Mm-hmm. You know, so it has to have like that idea of like, whatever I'm giving, I need to feel like it's going to something bigger. Yes. And, um, you know, and so, so, you know, putting a new roof on the church is super important. Valuable. I don't <laughs> want to, I don't want to sit in a rainy building. Got to have a roof. Yep. But, you know, it doesn't have that same emotional appeal as maybe like, I'm, supporting a ukrainian refugee family get settled here in our community sure which we have had to do both you yeah. know so like you know so even though we need the new roof it's telling the story of why or how building maintenance means something to our faith community and yeah. to our greater community in in, uh, in the woodlands yeah 
All right. So Absolutely. I guess um, answer. What do we need more? Head knowledge, hard knowledge. Both. We're cheating with the answer as being both. Yeah. yeah. But we're cheating. A little. I mean, I think if you. I, I think we know ourselves, right? And if you know yourself that yeah. you feel like I tend to be more heart or I tend to be more head, lean into the other, sure. right? I, yeah. I think we all have, like, have a tendency and we and we can self-identify yeah. that. Um, we do need both of them though. We can't be sure. one or the other. And I think when you're doing, when you're leaning into one in in the best way, it grows the other. Yeah. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of what, what is, uh, what's fascinating about that, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Okay. Anything else? That's it. I like this idea. This was very early on, but I like the idea of gut knowledge. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna think more about that sure. and what okay. gut knowledge would yeah, be like. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, all right. So if you have a thought on head knowledge, heart knowledge, or uh, a particular place in which you've been able to learn some head knowledge and/or heart knowledge, uh, we'd love to hear about that. And give us an email at beyondsundaypodcast at gmail.com. You can find uh, our kind of predecessor to this episode, along with all of our other episodes, at beyondsundaypodcast.com. Uh, and yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with more Beyond Sunday.